The Power of the Word is brought to you each week by the support of our partners and friends. Last week on Power of the Word. Why do you think they call a disciple a disciple? Discipline follower. That's what a disciple is. See, to be a disciple of the Lord means you got to be a discipline follower. You got to discipline yourself to do it. It's not always easy, but it's right. Not always easy, but it's right. If your whole life could be summed up in just one verse of the Bible, would you want to know what that verse is? In this stirring message, Dr. Ed King dives into a deep revelation of Philippians 4.13. There's significant meaning found in each and every word, all of which applies to your life and purpose. To receive this message as a downloadable MP3 for $3 or on CD for $7, please visit us at powerofTheWord.com or call us at 800-956-4433. Discover all that God has for you, the destiny He has in store, and how you can tap into it with this one verse. He said, while they behold your chaste conversation or chaste behavior, coupled with fear or respect for the Lord, and fear, fear of the Lord and fear that, you know, of respect for them too, whose adorning, now adorning is, you know, that's everybody came to church. When you came to church this morning, you got adorned. You put on something. I put on my tie today. I got a little dressed up today. I don't wear this at home. So I adorned myself differently for church. So he's talking about, you know, how you dress, what you put on. All right. So he said, um, whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of the plaiting of the hair. In other words, you know, we, we fix up, you know, we comb, you know, we do the things we do. But what he's talking about is not giving excessive attention to the outward adorning or not putting it in a position above what it should be. We do dress up. We do put our best foot forward. Uh, you know, I heard, I heard somebody ask uh, a preacher that I've, I've listened to a lot. They asked him, he said, do you, you know, it, it was in an environment where women couldn't wear makeup. You know, that was their church tradition. And he said, do you, they asked him, he said, do you think um, women can wear makeup? He said, well, he said, any old barn can use a good coat of paint. So, uh, <laughs> I'm not calling anybody by name. I mean, I'm just talking here. Amen. Stretch your hands toward me. <laughs> Tell me you love me. Come on, I need it. <laughs> All right. He said, who's, that, who's adorning? Let not be the outward adorning of the plaiting of the hair or the wearing of gold or the putting on of apparel. You know, in some places, you know, you can't cut your hair. Women can't cut their hair. Now, I want you to, and they use this passage, you know, the plaiting of the hair or the wearing of gold. You know, they can't wear jewelry and they can't, you know, Cut your hair. All right. And then it goes on to say, now listen to this, or the putting on of apparel. If you can't, if you can't cut your hair and you can't wear jewelry, what are you going to do with that third part? 
okay? So we know we've kind of had some misinterpretations of the passage. <laughs> but what he's talking about, not giving excessive attention to the things that, that become just less spiritual and more attention to the body. If you spend all your time uh, having to tend... Now, when I first went in the Army, one of the things that they do, and there's probably a whole lot of reasons they do it, but one of the very first things that they do is they take you all to the barber shop. And there's one thing that it will do you absolutely no good to do is ask for a certain type of cut. Because <laughs> it's a buzz with the number two guard. That's what everybody's going to get. And it's all the same when you come out. So everybody looks... You know, there's no tan. The hair, everybody's white-headed and looks awful. But at least we're all in the same boat. But there's probably reasons they do it, probably just for the self-discipline of showing you who's the boss. You're owned now by somebody else. But probably in addition to that is knowing what you're going to be facing the next several weeks in that intense training is you don't need to have to think about that. Just get that out of the way now because that's not going to be a part of what you need. So we've eliminated a lot of the primping in the early morning hours. <laughs> Ain't nothing to work with. You get what I'm saying? So that's what God's saying here. He said, he said don't prioritize outward appearance. But he goes on to say, but let it be the hidden man. Now remember we talked about the um, outward man and the inward man. Now here he's called the hidden man. So there's a, there's a man inside there that's hidden or inward or you don't see. But let it be the hidden or inner man of the heart. Now notice the inner man is called the heart. Now when you find the word heart in Scripture as it refers to man, it's typically talking about the inward man. It's not talking about your blood pump. It's not talking about that heart. It's talking about the core of your being, who you are, your inside, your spirit man. He said, let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible. See, now the reason I said earlier, your spirit was made perfect and can never be made imperfect, that's what that just said. It's not corruptible. It can't, it can't be corrupted. The spirit can't be corrupted. Flesh can Mind can, spirit can't be corrupted. It's not corruptible. Even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. So the hidden man of the heart is, a, is the meek and quiet spirit of man, which is in the sight of God of great price. So what he's saying, put the priority not on the adorning of the flesh, but to pr put the priority on the improvement of the spirit. Because the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is getting younger and younger and more capable and more able day after day after day after day if you're doing the right thing with it. And it's not corruptible. That's good stuff, right, guys. But then that's good to know, too. Now we go over here in 1 Corinthians 9, down here in verse number 27. And Paul said this. This is, this is important. He said, but I... Now notice the word I. That's a, that's a word probably in your Bible you ought to circle or something or draw some special attention to. 
Because when, he, when you call yourself I, I, I am here. I, I am going to the movie. I am going to the mall. You know what you're talking about. You're talking about yourself. Okay, so Paul made reference to himself. I. Okay? He said, but I keep. Now the word keep is an important word. It's like to stand guard. I keep. I keep watch over. I keep this in safe keeping. You get what I'm saying? I put my valuables in a certain locked box. I keep them safe. Amen? You understand? That's, it's that type of word. It's guard. He said, I keep under my body. Now the word body there is the word soma. It's not the word sark. See, the body is just something you tell it what to do. The sarks will try to tell the body what to do. How are we doing? I hope you're listening. Change your whole life. That's all this will do. He said, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. And so Paul, he said, I, the real me, the man on the inside, the one that's down in there, that's incorruptible, the one that's my inner man. He said, I keep my outer man, the one you see. He said, I keep the outer man in subjection. He said, I do not allow the outer man to put my inner man into subjection to it. He said, I, me. So he referred to himself. When he referred to himself, he did not refer to himself in the body as predominant. He, preferred, he, he, he referred to himself as his spirit man being predominant. So when he referred to I, he was not referring to what you see. So when you refer to I, remember this, the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is a stalwart. You understand that that inward man is so full of God it can't get any fuller? Do you understand who you are on the inside? Do you understand what's going on on the inside of you? You understand who you are. You're a child of God on the inside. Your outside may look like nothing. You may not have two nickels to rub together, but guess what? The inward man's still just like God, born in his image, created in his likeness. And you are somebody. Amen. Say, I am somebody. I am now that's fact, guys. I think about all these people, and, they, and, and sometimes I just like to reflect on it. But you see people, you know, they're poor, they're destitute. They don't have much. They never have, they never will have much. You, you can tell their ambitions, whatever. They just, but I, but I, I am reminded by God uh, so often. He said, look, it's not over yet. He said, one of these days, he said, we're going to, he said, we're going to all meet together. And he said, the pl playing field is all going to be leveled right then. And he said, what you see right now is somebody that looks like a derelict. He said, when I get through with the overall, he said, you're not going to believe this, what I got in mind for them. So that's the way you need to look at everybody. They may not look like much now, but God's not finished. He's not even finished on the earth. 
much less what's coming in eternity. So don't judge anybody before it's all said and done. And love everybody because Jesus died for every single solitary one of us. And without him, we're nobody. But with him, praise God, we become somebody. Amen. So Paul said, uh, you know, I keep my body under. So he was talking about the inner man. He said, and that goes on in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I'm giving you a lot of verses, but you like this, don't you? You better. All right. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. He said, for which cause we faint not, but though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed. Well, we talked about that. But that outward man is perishing, but that inward man is renewed day by day. And so I keep, I, the real man, keeps the body under. Now, that word renew means refresh. Now, we're going to take that and expand that in the next lesson. And that's why I can't get it all done today. But that renewing process, we're going to talk about that. Amen? I just don't have time to cover it at all today. Too much information. But we find in Matthew 4 and 4, Jesus said this, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. Now, bread, you know, how many know what bread is? That is not a trick question. You don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to back away. You know, bread is bread. Okay. But it says that man shall not live by bread alone. Well, you need it or you need some form of food. So he's talking about physical food. Man shall not live by physical food alone. Okay. Why? Because there's two men. Now your outer man has to have food. That's a fact. You don't give it food, it'll die. Give it no food long enough, it'll die. You know that? Okay. He said, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. So there's a food for the spirit man that is like food for the outward man. The soma has to have nourishment. I'm going to leave here in a little while. And you know what I'm going to go do? Nourish my soma. Everybody say, nourish your soma. That's not tricky. That's just, you know, give your body something to eat. Amen. Okay. He said, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So God says that his word is like food to us. Now, the reason that our spirit man gets weak, now it's incorruptible, but it can be weakened. And it can be weakened by, by inattention, by neglect. Now we're talking about, remember what our subject is prioritizing God's Word. We wonder why we deal with the problems that we deal with. We wonder why the flesh is gaining control. We feed one and starve the other. We feed, as one guy said, we feed this flesh, this body, we feed, we feed this flesh three hot meals a day and we give that spirit man one cold snack a week. And then we wonder why our body's running our life. Paul said, I keep my body under. See, when you don't feed your spirit, you will have no power to control the flesh, whether it be sarks or soma. You don't have any power over it. It'll overpower you. That's why he said... If I don't do that, I myself should be a castaway. Now, that's a whole other study right there. 
that I don't have time to do today. But I can, I can tell you, you don't want that. You don't want that. To be carnally minded is death. That's what he's talking about. Be spiritually minded is life and peace. Barbara's prayers were answered when her husband, Julius, came to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior while watching the Power of the Word broadcast. Sadly, Julius passed away soon after. But Barbara is at peace knowing that he made Jesus his Lord and Savior and that soon they'll be reunited in heaven. Hi, I'm Carly. I'm the producer here at The Power of the Word, and we often hear of individuals coming to know Jesus as their Lord and strengthening their relationship with Him through our broadcast. God is doing incredible things in this ministry, and it is all made possible by our faithful monthly partners. We truly, truly cherish your partnership. I want to ask you today if you would consider becoming a monthly partner with us. When you partner with a ministry like Power of the Word, the blessing on that ministry comes into your life as well. Becoming a partner is very simple. Just go to powerofthewordcom slash partner. Call us at 1-800-956-4433 or text GIVE to 865-978-6380. From all of us here at Power of the Word, thank you for your partnership. Physical food will help you but physical food is not enough in and of itself. You have to have spiritual food, and the spiritual food that he said you have to have is the Word of God. The Word of God is what natural food is to the fleshly man. The Word of God is to the spirit man. you got to feed the spirit. I'm talking about prioritizing God's Word. That's why he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. It's amazing what will happen to your life when you just sit down in the morning and put the Bible in your lap and read the thing. A lot of the struggles of life begin to be diminished. I'm not saying they go away. I'm saying you have the power to overcome them. You have the power to think right about them. Amen? Amen. But we don't do it. And I'm not saying you, but I mean, you know, people, humans. You may not do it at all. You may be just completely di diligent to the Word. I try to be. But sometimes I don't do it as good as I want to do it. That's why you have to just, you know, hey, take yourself by the ear and say, get down here and do this, boy. See, I keep my body. I got to tell my body to do it. Well, I don't want to do it. I know you don't want to do it. You know the first three letters in diet, what they are? Here's <laughs> an indication of what controlling the flesh is like, doesn't it? <laughs> it's killing me. <laughs> you know? Amen. Now, if you take John 6, 63, and, and this, is, this is a real important passage. I wish I had time to give you all the details of the surroundings of this, but in John 6, 63, Jesus said, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. It's the spirit that quickens, or the qu spirit, spirit man. What's going on inside? It's what quickens you. See, the spirit will quicken your mortal body. Think about that one. Huh. You mean I can feed my spirit? 
and it helps my body? Well, I don't know how that works. Well, I don't either, but it does. The Spirit will quicken your mortal body. So he said, for it's the Spirit that quickeneth the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So when we get in the Word of God, it brings life to our spirit. It brings a life to us that you otherwise wouldn't have. We wonder why we have the agitations of life, why we have the, all the pressures and all these things begin to get to us. A calmness about us where we go sit in our quiet place before God and get the Bible out and read it. I'm talking about prioritizing God's Word. I'm talking about feeding on God's Word. That's the subject for today. The Spirit is food, or the, the Word is food for your spirit. And we get a spirit that's weakened, and then the pressures of life begin to take ascendancy over us, and we begin to worry when we're told point blank not to. If you can't worry in this world, you don't know how. Because this world's got plenty to worry about. You have to reject worry the same way you reject sin. I mean, I look at the stuff going on, I think, my God. He said, well, I got it under control. It's like, well, I'm glad you do, because I sure don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are you home? Now I want you to listen to this from the Amplified. I'll, I'll be done in a minute. Say, look at your neighbor and say, I've heard that before. <laughs> Amen. Amplified, classic. He said, it is the Spirit who gives life. He is the life giver. The flesh conveys no benefit whatever. There's no profit in it. The words, the truths that I have been speaking to you, they are spirit and life. Boy, that's good, isn't it? See, so we get our spiritual life from the Word of God. Now, if you listen to this from the contemporary English, I, I put this one in here because I just like the way it said it. I probably, I probably read 30 verses. 30 translations on that one verse. I just pick out the ones I, you know, give us the best, give us the essence, you know. But this contemporary English, he said it is the Spirit. The Spirit is the one who gives life. Human strength can do nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are from that life-giving Spirit. The words that I spoke to you This thing, the words that I spoke to you, they come from that life-giving spirit. You put your face on that page and you begin to drink in the life of the spirit. I don't know how it happens, but it happens. All this backsliding nonsense, that's for somebody else. All this turning back and getting in love with the world again, not for me, thank you. No, don't believe so. So you see them fall. One may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it won't come nigh you. Why? You've got a life-giving spirit energizing you, creating in you His very life, His very power, His very anointing to overcome this world. You have an incorruptible spirit full of the life of the Almighty God full of the power of the Almighty God. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. And I mean, it, your spirit gets energized. This is, this is like putting gasoline in a gasoline engine. 
We're ready to go now. We got some power in the tank. Mm-hmm. See, and so all that stuff that you see the world do, you don't need it. You don't need it. And you, then you not only take it in, you become a force that flows it out. John 4, 14, but whosoever drinketh of the water. That's me. That's you. Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Would you take a drink? Shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. It's a spring that never runs dry. It's a water that never runs out. It's a, it's a thirst quencher that never stops. I'm talking to you about life in the Word. I'm talking to you about prioritizing God's Word. I'm talking to you about feeding on God's Word. A lot of the troubles that we face in life is just because we've taken our eyes and our ears and our hearts away from the book. Now, one of these days, and I don't know when, and it may happen because God blows the trumpet and we all go together, or I may leave this earth through the doorway of all humans. I may come to a time when I'm done, and you leave. But I can tell you what, if I've ever left you anything, don't you ever forget what I told you today. You'll do fine if you keep your mind and your ears fixed to this book. What man can't give you, God can give you. Amen. Our medical world and our nutritional world tells us that we can suffer great consequence of life by eating the wrong foods and taking in the wrong type of calories and things. And we know it physically. We know that if you eat junk, as they say, uh, it'll do bad things to your body. But we don't only feed our physical man. The Bible tells us that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from God. And so we have to feed our spirit man the same way we feed our physical man. And without physical food, we diminish in power, but without spiritual food, we do as well. A lot of the agitations, a lot of the irritations, a lot of the troubles, tests and trials that we face in life is because we're malnourished spiritually. We have to feed our spirit on God's word. He said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. They'll add life to us when we expose ourselves to God's word. Be a student, be a reader of God's word. But Jesus said, I am the word made flesh and dwelt among you. That's where it all begins. Receive him right now as your Lord and savior. Do it. Say, Jesus, I take you right now as my Lord and my savior. I give my life to you to serve you today and forever. Sin, Satan, I don't serve you. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Now, if you prayed that prayer, know you meant it, you wouldn't pray it. If you didn't, 
let us know here at Power of the Word because we want to pray with you and it's important for you to tell somebody what you've done. We've really enjoyed being with you today. Look forward to our next time together. Until then, God bless and we will see you soon.